Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back for this midweek edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. The Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set with the New York Yankees getting swept all three games. And the Red Sox are now third place in the American League East, six games back from the first place Tampa Bay Rays. Quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners. And if there was an episode for a disclaimer, this would be the one. This is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. Not tonight. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Lewiston, Maine. You can harass me on Twitter at Cushman MLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Co-hosting with me tonight from the Mile High City of Denver by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan. Andrew? No pleasantries tonight. Just hanging in there, reading the MLB pipeline over and over again, just looking at pictures of Marcelo Meyer to get me through this one. <sighs> Nothing like 2025 or, you know, whenever, whatever year it's going to be when he gets called up. But the interim is pretty ugly right now. So Yeah, definitely a rough stretch right now. Also joining us tonight from the nation's capital by way of Newport, Rhode Island, Job Goddard. Job? Andrew hit the nail on the head. No pleasantries. Today <laughs> sucked. Ploiecki was safe. <laughs> the game uh, the game ending play was close to, to end this third game, but they called him out, and I think at best it was inconclusive to be honest, but, and I, I thought the throw might have nipped him, but, but the umpires upheld the call and uh, the inning did not continue. There were, would have been what one run would have scored and then there would have been runners on first and second. First and second. So yeah, I just didn't want the bases to get loaded because then we're really screwed, you know, just string together some base hits and drive them in and just keep two on base. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe we can win it that way. Bases get loaded it's it's an automatic no score. It was an automatic win in the first half, automatic no score in the second half. It's just brutal. And I, I'm making fun of the first game where we had bases loaded. It was the seventh inning. Red Sox down by two. Ball leaves the infield. You know, tie game at, at the very least. And that kind of set the tone for the series, but... Uh, where can they find you on Twitter, Andrew? Uh, at Andrew Dwan MLB. Job. For now, they can find me at Job MLB at J O B M L B. But if this losing streak doesn't end, they can find me at Sell the Team. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, Steve Cohen was shooting his mouth off about his own players and at least he cares. Yeah, and in a slight for a slight second there I was jealous. I'm like, "Oh man, look at that. Calling him out, putting the pressure on, but obviously, I mean, he can't make a habit of that and that's like yeah. Especially after he just failed to sign his number 11 pick and didn't True. spend any of their bonus money. Yeah, he Steve Cohen, this is not the way you appeal to free agent players in the offseason. I wouldn't want to play for him, but I really do want some form of recognition from this ownership group that them being cheap is going to cost us a playoff run here. It could. We're we're gonna get into all of that uh, tonight. So um, let me just tell you about our sponsor. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with the fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight that you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. So it's get- getting smoother, Terry. You're getting smoother with that. A little bit. I'll never be as good as you, Charlie. You can work it into another sponsorship to that with the it's getting smoother. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have a voice for podcasting. I'm I'm extremely self aware. I'm very nasally, I'm very monotone. I just try to be captivating and and hammer my points hard and that's that's the best I've got, so Charlie has has a voice for podcasting, and and I'm envious of that. But uh, so just to go over the scores one last time, Tuesday game one of the doubleheader lost that one five to three. That was with Tanner Houck starting. Game two later that evening, the Red Sox fell flat on their face, didn't score a run, lost that one two to nothing, despite the best efforts of Nathan Avaldi. And then of course tonight. Lost that one five to two with Nick Pavetta on the mound. Pavetta only lasted one and two thirds inning. Was not sharp. Bobby Dahlbeck did not do him any favors by not snagging that ball on the first baseline. Probably not the easiest play, but you know most average 
first baseman probably come up with that most of the time. Two runs scored on it, and the Red Sox never recovered. It seems like if we I had, go ahead. Well, I I just uh, rewinded just a little bit. I had more of an issue with JDs. I mean, that was in his damn glove. He was playing so far back. I, yeah, that one I thought was worse. And it was a bad well, throw. I mean, he's not an outfielder. He's not an outfielder. Uh, yeah, but he wants to get paid like one. <laughs> oh, he's the happiest person on planet Earth that he's playing in the outfield of recent because it, it expands his market by 15 teams guaranteed instead of just being an American League player. But you can't make plays like that and expect to get paid the way he wants to get paid. Well, that that might have been his first error of the season out there, unless he had one He's other one. He's actually been pretty good no, this year. Well, no, he. I think I had him as my dud last series because that throw to third that allowed the runner to go to second. So he's, he's made some things that weren't errors. Boneheaded yeah. plays, yeah, just like stupid things. Which I get it. You don't usually play, but I don't know. It's just going back to fundamentals. And that that really sucked. And then he didn't get anything on the throw. Yeah, the throw was also bad. He kind of bounced it, and typically he has a pretty good arm. And that, had it been a good throw, he might have stood a chance to to get Odor out because Odor couldn't didn't have a good view of the catch. Didn't know if he made it or not. And yeah, he thought it was, which should have been. I don't blame him. It could have been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with Renfro and right, he's out by five feet. Uh, true. Renfro, yeah. I mean, Renfro caught that. <laughs> Fair enough. True. So, all right, we'll get into the duds side of things. Maybe some stud talk if, if, uh, if, if we get to it. But uh, Andrew, go ahead. You're dud for the series. Mine was easy. I think I called it in the fifth inning, and this is how I felt after game one when the bases uh, got stranded when they were. You know, bases were absolutely loaded. And Devers didn't come through. Raphael Devers has been in a prolonged slump right now. In his last 30 games, he's hitting 276, which, I mean, not the worst, but definitely not Devers-esque. In the last 15, he's hitting 250. In the last seven, he's hitting 200. But the problems are even worse since uh, July 6th, where he's hitting 179 with runners in scoring position. And he's swinging from his heels like, you know, they need to hit an eight-run home run every time he's up at bat. And that's not what they need. So I don't know what the heck is going on with him. We can't afford him to be expanding the zone, which seems to be a team-wide pan- you know, pandemic right now. Um, I don't know what he has to do to get back into the right mental state, but it's not there right now and it sucks because he's the guy that you need to be driving in all the runs. He is the run producer of this Red Sox team. I mean, obviously we have JD and Xander too, but Devers is the guy that you want to pay big money and you want to pay big money to come through in these situations. And he's just not right now. And it, it it's really setting the team back. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons why not. Andrew, I think it's pretty clear. And I'm, Terry, I'm curious to see what you have to say as well. He's pressing. He's one of those young players who's been around the team for a little while. Normally, the moment's not too big. 
But right now he's feeling the pressure. And it's because he is the big run producer on this team. And every loss where he doesn't come up clutch the way he did in the first half, he's feeling a little bit more. And he's swinging a little bit more from his heels. And that get-right series that we were supposed to have in Baltimore, it didn't really affect him. The only player that seemed to really benefit from it was Bobby Dahlbeck. So, and, and J.D. Martinez as well. The rest of his team is still pressing for hits. They were able to crush the Little League pitching that the Orioles put out. But it wasn't because of great approach. It wasn't because they were taking, taking pitches for balls or taking walks. It was because they're lucky enough that those balls were all flat breaking balls. Right now they're on top of all breaking balls and they're behind all fastballs. Really stuck in the middle. Well, I wanted to get into this a little bit later, but since you brought it up, I, the pressing issue, and they all are. They are gripping that bat so tight right now. It's ridiculous. Everyone's trying to be the hero because everyone sees kind of the little bit of free fall they're going through. And when Only Kevin Pulecki has that clutch gene. Everyone else is just kind of off. Well, no, I'm just saying, just like up and down the lineup right now, everyone's feeling the pressure building up. You know, we can build a diamond in that clubhouse right now. And they just need to play baseball, and they're not doing right, that right now. I don't know what kind of day off they need tomorrow. I was joking around. They need to go to, like, a water park and just let loose. I they Something needs to happen where they need a stress, just stress relief and to get back to the happy-go-lucky, you know, let's – push a guy down the uh, the dugout in the laundry basket uh, fun team that they had and they'll work wonders well with Devers real quick when he's swinging from his heels that's obviously a problem and he just needs to go back to good contact hitting where, where he's simply driving the ball and he's Absolutely. got one of the highest exit velo- average exit velocities in Major League Baseball so a lot of those might be home runs anyway, but he's just, it's almost like Ben Benintendi a, a couple of years ago. Remember he, he tried to switch to being more of a home run hitter. He thought it would increase his value yeah. and it did him in. And I don't think Devers is quite going to completely fall off that same cliff. But like you guys said, it's, it's hurting his production when he was simply just a good hitter led the league in doubles do that just do that every year be be i top, think he, be top five in he's doubles. feeling that pressure he's feeling that pressure and it's not just the pressure of we need to win it's the pressure of i need to win this for us and if you look at it you know he's leading the league in with runners in scoring position and hitting even even with his prolonged slump because he was that good in the first half Every time there's a runner in scoring position now, you can see him almost lean back. Like, he really wants to be able to reach that high fastball and drive it. Some of that is because the team is struggling around him. Some of that is because he wants, like most players want, those individual accolades. And that's just unfortunate. Some of that comes with age. Some comes with winning. Uh, I was hoping that Cora would be able to temper some of that you know, for the good of the team and all of that. I want Rafael Devers to just chill out, you know, and not take himself so seriously. Play baseball with that big, goofy grin of his that he has when he's hitting home runs. Because the home runs will come. 
he had a string of bad luck there around around July 6th, Andrew, and I don't have the numbers in front of me this time. But where he was scalding balls for about a 10-day stretch there, and they were all finding a glove. It's almost like he's trying to lift the ball over the glove of the outfielders. He's like, no, I'm going to just take this away from them. And that's kind of where this issue is coming up. I, I think a big part of it as well is the shakeup that this team is kind of going through. As much as it's Cora trying to press the right buttons, like, I kind of miss when our problems were finding a leadoff hitter. Now it's finding any hitter. Well, re- remember what I said at the start of the season. We've got a bunch of seven-hole hitters, and that's that's what it's that's what it's playing like right now. And I, I was happy to be wrong about that in the first half. So I, I I'd like to I'd like that trend to to continue. But uh, Job, who's your dud for the series? You know, I kind of want to change this on the fly. Um, but my dud for the series is going to be Josh Taylor. I'm just going just gonna to keep things simple. He came in when we needed a stop. He's been that guy all season long, and he simply didn't have it. He lost us that game alongside Garrett Whitlock because they were walking too many guys, and when they got frustrated, they just laid a ball in there. You can't do that against big league lineups. The Yankees, for as much losing as they've done all season, are a great lineup. One through five, they're pretty damn good. And they have power throughout. The fact that Gallo is up there now changes the entire perspective of that lineup. Because now, those righty hitters are getting to face left-handed pitching. Because you don't want a righty-lefty matchup with Gallo. That's part of the reason you make that move with Taylor is to bring him in to face the lefties. But then he has to also face the righties. And the righties have been absolutely reading Josh Taylor the last couple of weeks like a book. He looks like the Josh Taylor of spring training and not the Josh Taylor of June, July, even April and May. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was definitely ugly. He couldn't get a strike to save his life, and that's what set us back. I mean, he didn't come in with the bases clean whatsoever there, but at some point, you got to make a pitch. Honestly, I didn't fear Gallo a single time that series. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't whatsoever because I thought you make a pitch to this guy, you'll strike him out, and they just weren't – He, I mean, pitches weren't made. But, yeah, Taylor had to – be better than that because right now he is our lefty out of the bullpen even though austin davis has actually been a little bit better than the numbers have uh shown so come back soon darwin's and i know you were doing some rehab lately just just come back and throw strikes and brazier as well even though he's a righty um yeah i mean the other problem i i think some of these guys are are facing is they're just they're being overused I mean, we've leaned on Taylor quite a bit and Ottavino. Yeah, I don't think it's their fault, right? I, I mean, I can't blame Josh Taylor for not being perfect the whole season. I mean, he was perfect from May through the end of June. One of the best stretches we've ever seen from a lefty reliever. He's coming back down to earth. It was bound to happen. It just sucks that it's happening when the team needs a win. Like, desperately need a win, and the bullpen is, like, finally letting them down. This is the exact inverse of what was happening the last time we had a losing streak, where the starters were just absolutely shitting the bed, 
and the defense and the bullpen were going to have to pull them back. Now it's like the starters are giving you a close game into the fifth and sixth innings, and the bullpen's so gassed. They have nothing left in the tank right now that they just don't have any bullets. Everything they're throwing is flat. Their sliders are flat. Their curveballs are flat. Their fastballs are not getting up enough in the zone. When you watch the hop on the fastball, it's tailing up, sure, but you need it above the strike zone, above the letters, where the bat can't get there, and instead it's just an inch too low, and hitters are driving it the opposite way. It's happened twice in this series. Hopefully, I mean, we should be getting Brazier back uh, by the end of the week, and uh, Darwin's in right around then, and so you can... Instead of going to Taylor one night, you switch him out with, with Darwin's in. Instead of Ottavino on a given night, maybe Brazier takes that spot or, or even Salamora. But looking through the uh, you know the the box here, not one hitter in the Red Sox lineup had more than two hits throughout the series. Two hits or less for literally everybody. I mean, they were hitting. They were hitting some balls hard, and they were literally just making plays on freaking everything. Like Dahlbeck, I can't believe the luck he had. He strike a line drive right up the middle, you know, like, and it gets caught. And then he had another one earlier today. And it's, yeah, I, I can't. It, it's just ridiculous the balls that they're hitting at like 107 miles an hour that are getting robbed, and then like a 42 mile an hour EV like blue. With the bases loaded, lands for for the Yankees. That was just so frustrating. Well, that's baseball, right? And it, and it sucks. Yeah. But that's how it happens. But when it when it rains, it pours. And we got every single break for the first half of the season. Now we're getting none, right? So, the way that I look at the rest of the schedule here, thank God we have an easy schedule. And easy is in quotation marks because nothing for this team right now is easy. But we have, according to strength of schedule, the fifth easiest schedule remaining among all teams. It's by far the easiest in the American League. East, hopefully enough to secure us a wild card spot, though my hopes are dwindling. And if this Red Sox team can ride Chris Sale and a rejuvenated Eddie Rodriguez and Nate Evaldi to a couple of wins against Texas, we might have a chance. We I'm, might have a chance to split the series with Tampa and be in good shape. I'm just going to say it right now. I haven't said it on the podcast yet. I haven't tweeted it yet. But I don't think we're going to the playoffs. I really don't. There goes the Kool-Aid. Terry was drinking it. He finally started I had a couple of sips. I had a couple of sips. Especially at the oh. end of, of June when we had that tough five-week stretch and, and played well during that stretch. But I don't see the Yankees scuffling much. Oakland has some issues now with their rotation with the Bassett situation. He took a line drive off the head the other night and, you know, been scuffling a little bit. But... well. Uh, I don't see us – I don't think we're a playoff team. Here, here's where it is. So the next week to 10 days is actually pretty interesting. Go White Sox. Uh, the White Sox have Tampa Bay. 
the White Sox are finishing with Oakland tomorrow. And then Oakland, uh, they're facing the Mariners and the Yankees. I think the White Sox are facing the Yankees the series after. And they're also facing Toronto. So you get a lot. If, if Chicago goes on a run, they can literally make us games back very quickly. As long so as I'm a Tony Larusa fan now. Like now we're big <laughs> Tony Larusa fans. <laughs> and then like yeah, weeks. right. Well, and then I'm like I'm just going through this right now. The A's go through a stretch where they get the on August 23rd and 24th they get the Mariners. Then they have four against the Yankees. So either way, you know if we take care of business during that series, we gain at least two in uh, in that stretch if we go you know four zero over there. Um, yeah, he's got the Blue Jays, who I think we don't really have to worry about too much longer. And then <laughs> I would hate to be an A's fan. This is not an A's podcast. I'm sorry going along with this so long. But from the 20th to October 3rd of September, they only faced the Mariners and the Astros. So Ouch. that's the easiest. Yeah, that's the easiest stretch of the season for the Red Sox. The Red Sox have um well easiest kind of baltimore season tomorrow well yeah but baltimore and washington so to end the season yeah on the road. it's we There's have to sh- you gotta take care of business first of we, have to we have to win we have to win and we're and not winning so be able able to. now terry andrew what is the key to the red sox making a playoff between here and the end of the season give give me one thing play 600 ball <laughs> I don't. That's a simple think... answer. What brings us to six hundred ball? What What's the one thing they need to fix? Well, they're not facing the AL East for the first time in like a year uh, coming up, which is finally nice. The AL East is, I mean, honestly, probably the best division in baseball right now. I, I don't think the NL West is anymore. It no, it's a positive explosion. Exactly, and if anyone gets wants to get mad about a trade deadline, <laughs> look to San Diego, but. Yeah, you have to take care of business against these shitty teams that are coming up, and that is the key to all of this. The Red Sox have an easy stretch now. They got an easy stretch to end the season, and the Mariners' schedule is a nightmare. Or the A's schedule is a nightmare. I can probably look at the Mariners. It's probably going to be very similar to what, uh, you know, Oakland's facing. So- mark, mark the date here, Terry. We're schedule watching, and it's August 18th at 11.58 p.m. We're schedule watching already. I'm just, I mean, the Mariners' schedule, I'm going right now, it is not easy. The Red Sox have an opportunity in mid-September to put them out of their misery. Um, yeah. Call I, me a sucker not... here, Andrew. Call me a sucker here, and you both will. Terry definitely will. I'm still only watching Tampa. We got four games left against Tampa on the road and three at home. I'm still only watching Tampa. I don't care how they get in. I trust Chris Sale on a one-game basis. I think we can win. Uh, I, I, I trust I Chris Sale on a one-game basis, too. I just I want Chris Sale's bullets in the chamber for game one of the ALDS. I don't want to play in that wild-card yeah. game. The wild-card game, to me, is a fluke. One-game playoffs in baseball don't exist for a reason or didn't exist for a reason. And I just don't want to go there. Guys, here's where I'm at. It's nice to have Chris Sale back, but for the last three days in a row, it felt like we didn't have him at all. 
because we That's were because his fire wasn't there. We were we were losing before he came back, and the the losing continued after. And they kind of protected him by bringing him back in the in the Baltimore series. And now he misses the New York series, and and he's going to pitch to Texas on Friday night. But it doesn't. It it just it still feels like the same team now that he's even back. And we have Kyle Schwarber, and and Cora didn't even put him in the lineup tonight. He, I mean, I know. I he, don't have a problem with that, though. He played what four games in a row, and he never he he had one game of rehab. Uh, DH him, DH him, like he did Ploiecki. I know I was clamoring for Ploiecki, but that was that was until we got Schwarber back, and I, I don't mind it against the lefty. I don't mind that lineup choice. But what I do mind about it is not using him in a in a pinch hitting type role in the seventh or eighth inning as we get deeper. I, I have no problem. With, runs on. Go and ahead, I know some people are mad about Ploiecki uh, and not, or Schwab not coming for Ploiecki. Ploiecki's 380 over his last 50 at-bats. Oh, I'm not taking Ploiecki out of that situation. So, no but chance. some people were on Twitter. Like, if you looked on Twitter, people were like, what the hell? Like, I would have had Schwarber on no. deck for Verdugo. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, I just wasn't taking... I don't know. I wasn't taking the bat out of his but hands. But at this point in the season, I'm not taking the bat out of Pulecki's hands at any point. He's the only guy that I can count on right now. Well, he's not going to DH that much, though. Uh, and and when he catches, everybody's running at will. Aaron Judge was stealing on him last night. Yeah, and he... I gave the stat last time we were on him. At that point, it was 26 to 30 uh, base runners. <sighs> Stole on him. So, so, it... Terry, Terry, here's my question, right? And, Andrew, this goes for you, too. Terry, you mentioned they were protecting Chris Sale. Am I the only one who thinks that that was a call from ownership? I mean, no, they, they waited, I, I don't they, think they, that. they waited a year plus. Why? I, there's, I don't, I don't mind them protecting an asset because I, mean, I don't Sale, mind that either. I just mean, you know, to, to put him in against Baltimore versus in that last game against Tampa, that one day of difference. To I don't me, mind that it. That was like an ownership decision. That's like no. We've been talking about how this guy is going to save our bacon for the last month, so that we don't have to spend any money. He needs to win the game, the first game he pitches. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but to me, that that's the whole reason behind him not pitching against Tampa. I, I think fine it, with him not pitching against Tampa. I think it would be a Bloom or Cora thing, really, but. But yeah, we came. He came in in a junk game that almost anybody else could have won on Saturday. I mean, that was the one game the offense showed up anyway. We put up 16 runs, but I would have wanted him against the toughest opponent, and and we didn't do it. And we're a mess right now, guys. We're not hitting the baseball. We just got shut down for the second time in a month by Andrew Heaney. In a, in a game that well, we're about to win nine, we're about to win nine in a row. What is so Alex Cora doing? What is Alex Cora doing to get these guys riled up and dialed in? Because it, it looks like he's doing nothing. It's like he's in that. But, it's like he's in that clubhouse and, and he's being a guidance counselor and he's not being a leader. And he can't make Devers hit though. I mean, that's the issue. The bottom of the lineup's been hitting. Are you seeing Devers? Are you seeing urgency though? I'm not seeing urgency. I'm, he, see, I'm he, seeing a team that's sleepwalking. I mean, he's just all the buttons. I mean, he's a cool around. guy. He doesn't. He doesn't panic. He's not one of those guys. 
Well, Andrew, if he was he's just pulling not. the Aaron Boone right now, though, if he was pulling the Aaron Boone and talking about it to the media about how many buttons he's pressing and how much he's trying, then I'd be concerned. I'm actually not concerned about Alex Cora right now. He's doing what he can with what he's got, and what he has is not enough, and that's Hein Bloom's fault. I I mean, it's not. It's JD not hitting with runners in scoring position. It's Devers not hitting with runners in scoring position. Every time I want to criticize Xander, he comes through with, like, one hit uh, in a series. I'm like, well, shit. Now I can't criticize him, but... I feel like the bats of your three, four, and five guy guys are not strong enough. I will say, and I tweeted this out yesterday. I hated the Travis Shaw pinch hit, uh, pitch hit against. So did I uh, for Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck's been on one lately. He absolutely has, and I know he's one of the only players lately. who's actually hitting. Yeah, he's and he's hitting it hard when he's making it out. He when doesn't, he's making it out, he's hitting it hard. He doesn't and do well been, late in games, though. But, He's He's been seeing the ball. Travis Shaw hasn't done it in two years. I thought it was stupid. I didn't think Travis Shaw earned that at bat. And that's the one move I have not – I've been adamantly against. I don't like the Travis Shaw signing, and I don't like Travis Shaw being in the game. I don't think he has a position there. And Christian Arroyo, come on back, baby. Just come I, on. That's, that's a spot where I would have liked to see Christian Arroyo. Um, obviously, it would still would have been righty righty, which was what Cora is trying to avoid there. But I don't like getting rid of Dalbeck in that spot. He's finally been hot for the first time since 2020. So I wasn't a big fan of that move. But I'm not going to criticize that move because that didn't lose us the game. N- not in that lost spot us the game though. Is three straight strikeouts. There was an at bat. Yeah, that was terrible. There was an at bat late in the Baltimore series i it was game two or three the bases were loaded and a fastball was grooved right down the middle and bobby struck out i just i don't want doll back in that spot it sucks that travis shaw had to be the guy i'll I'll give you that but but i'm gonna be honest terry i i was thinking to myself i would really rather see doll than kike i mean doll than um travis shaw and the reason was, I don't want to hit into a double play. I thought Travis Shaw was going to hit into a double play there for sure. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just let him strike out. We'll just take the out. Give the ball, give the bat to Kike. Move on. Well, but even that didn't work. Shaw had a pretty he, patient at bat. He drove the ball. He probably had the best at bat of anybody in that inning. He did. And he so, did, which is why I'm not going to criticize the move. When a, when a guy over his last 15 games is hitting 410. Or 324, sorry, that was, uh, um, yeah, I, I just, I think he, I think he earned it, and I think it was kind of a blow to his confidence, which that was the other thing, because Cora doesn't do that, and he, he protects his guys, and he has his guys back, and he didn't have it there, you know, he like, he took the at bat out of Bobby's hands, which, how does that, well, what message is that send to a player? When you have what it says like is, this. when you suck, you're gone. And I can't get rid of you because Heim Bloom won't give me adequate players at first base. Well, I mean, Bobby is actually, if you look at his numbers, he's pretty much what Carlos Santana is, or was. And No, I, I, I understand that. I'm just going to take any chance I can to attack Heim Bloom because <laughs> I think he screwed this ball club over. Uh, 
this team, there's something wrong with the Red Sox right now analytically. We've seen the Rays make adjustments the second or third time through the order on how they're going to attack the starting pitcher. And we saw the Astros do it when they throttled us twice back in the month of June. The Red Sox just aren't up to par analytically from the batter's box like some of these other teams are. And they need to figure that out. They, they need to figure that out. And Tim Hires has been a great hitting coach. We've had some great offensive seasons with him. And uh, But maybe maybe he's at the end of his shelf life and, and a change is going to have to be made in the offseason. I'm not calling for anyone's job. I think they're going through a hard stretch right now. I, 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 I mean, this is a bad stretch of baseball. I don't think it should cost anyone a job. Well, but, I don't think know, so either. No, 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 no. I take that back. Uh, Fabulous over at third base. He, he can go get uh, – he can get bad. Well, look, the way I look at it is this is the worst stretch since beer and chicken in 2011. This is the worst stretch. We had a 10 and a half game lead over the Yankees, excuse me, nine and a half on July 26th. And now it's August 18th and we're a half a game back from them. That's this. And especially if this next week isn't great, it should be a better week because the, the schedule's weaker, but if it isn't, this is this bad stretch is going to be talked about for probably years to come. Should it though? Because no one had any expectations for this team. They built the expectations for themselves, Andrew. It's still a collapse, right? Like no one had yeah. any expectations for Mike Tyson before he was Mike Tyson. But you build the expectations. No one had any expectations for anybody until they showed up and played. You had the division. They're still in the playoffs right now, though. I, <laughs> okay, but but they're in the playoffs by other people's doing. It's not they them taking the, care of business. They have the lowest winning percentage in baseball since the trade deadline, with the exception of the Orioles. And that difference is by two games. We just swept them in three games. We've we've so won. If you take those out of it. Six of our last worst? 20. Six of our last 20 is the, the number. The worst winning percentage in baseball. Yeah, they're the not doing good right baseball now. Since they're definitely terrible. Right? Oh, my God. Hey, you got to – that's so stupid. They, they literally – he would blow past the tax threshold if they let him. You know who doesn't let a team blow past the tax threshold? Major League Baseball. The Red Sox have spent – probably the second most money of any team in the last 20 years behind the Dodgers. They ain't year in and year out. They keep spending money. So don't call them cheap. It's so stupid. Did we really want to trade Tristan Cassius for Craig Kimbrell? Do we really want to do that? Let's be honest with ourselves. I'll maintain that the mistakes were made last off season. That's where the majority of the mistakes were made. When you could assign them for money only and not given up prospects. But who? Who were they signing? Not Garrett Richards. <laughs> who? So, oh, Jake Odorizzi for three years? I, w- I would have done it. who doesn't have an arm? I wouldn't have I, You know damn well I would not have signed Corey Kluber. But, no, I know you wouldn't have signed. I know but, you wouldn't have signed but, Kluber. But, but Odorizzi's been trashed. Quintana's been trashed. All these free agents. Bauer's going to prison. 
Yeah. Well, I that's I would have I would have fell into that trap to be honest with you, especially if it was going to be a three year deal. But I would have been fine with Odorizzi, and he's only had one bad start recently, and it was two or three starts ago. Unless unless he had one uh, the last. Not day rehashing or two. this one. Not rehashing this one. Odorizzi's a loser. Bridges is a loser. Quintana's a loser. They all stuck. Uh, they so all that, did. They all sucked. We got the even. best of the worst because we're not saddled with any contracts. With it, the mistake, what, the mistake was attaching David Price for seven and paying half his contract to the Dodgers. That was I hate done, David well, Price. No, but half his contract, we shouldn't be paying that. I mean, I don't want David Price I, on this team. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but his con- eating his contract is what made me dislike that move. Eating his price is how we traded Mookie. Who's I? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he died. I'm not. Who's that? <laughs> they might have Mookie Betts. Oh, they yeah. donated his body to science. Something like that. Mookie Betts is, is by far a terrible contract. He'll never live up to that contract. The Red Sox were right to move him. I'm, they I'm had just to. upset that they're gonna say we have no money after you move. They're a not saying they have player. no money. They're they're at the tax line. They're literally like a dollar under it. I, I'm gonna. I pay can't the tax. pay the tax. You didn't pay it last year. Reset. Pay the tax. We, we can. We can all agree to disagree on on where the mistakes were made and what the specifics of each one were. But I'm gonna maintain for the rest of my life. If anybody asks me about the 2021 season, that there's no way Heim Bloom thought this team was seriously gonna contend with Martin Perez and Garrett Richards as his two signings. I, there's just no way. And we, in my opinion, we were accidentally in first place in late July before Tampa finally overtook us. And then the the deadline, the prices were too insane to, to really were. do much. They were ridiculous. Unless something unforeseen, and I, I keep, kept referring to it as the Bloom magic, maybe somehow wind up with... Uh, a mid-level starting pitcher. And and at that point, did we really need a pitcher? We we needed bats to be to be honest and and we didn't get them. So no, truthfully, it would have been needed great a first to get an arm. No, it would have been Kyle Schwab was taking ground balls at first today. It but it would have been great to have another reliever. I would have loved a relief pitcher. But I watched Daniel Hudson get traded for the Padres number 4 prospect. Daniel Hudson let up an absolute moonshot walk-off homer against uh, the Rockies yesterday in my own backyard. And he's been ineffective. Craig Kimbrell's been ineffective. The prices were just ridiculous. And I I, I like that the Red Sox traded all the Ramirez. They didn't blow into their farm system too much. And I, I don't think it was a mistake not to trade Nick York at the deadline for some, you know, seventh-inning reliever. Okay, we've now gone on three straight shows, Andrew, where we've had a losing series. So but my question is now looking forward. Like, what do we do in the next nine games to take the pressure off? Do you win? Besides win. You Besides hit. win. You hit. Is it hitting? And is it pitching? Is it bullpen? The I You hit is the main thing because they're not hitting right now. And they didn't even get stomped by the Yankees, which is the most frustrating thing. They just were just a step behind. They were hitting the ball right at guys every single time, and you need your heart of the order to come through. 
It's frustrating. But no one at the deadline would have helped in any of those games. Okay, so beyond the deadline then, where do we go from here as far as what do you want the lineup to look like against Texas? Is there a move you would make, a change you would make to get these guys fired up? Yeah, there is. I would drop Hunter Renfro from the two spot. I don't think he belongs in the two spot. That's not his mentality. He's not gonna he's gonna expand the zone on occasion. And I'd rather have him with guys on base in the seven hole. I'd either put Devers or no, sorry, not Devers there. I'd put for Verdugo, who's been pretty good lately, or I'd put Kyle Schwarber at, in the two hole and then follow it up with JD. That's the move I wanna see. Schwarber is a high on base guy, so that does make sense. Alex Verdugo lead off all year for Washington. Yes, he was. And Alex Verdugo in the last month is hitting 317 with a 370 OBP. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's a number two spot. That's what, that's what you want in, in that spot. So, but to me, Alex Cora is culpable here. Okay. He needs to fire these guys up. He can't be, he can't be, slapping these guys on the butt as they go into the clubhouse and then read them bedtime stories, you know, before they go to bed. Cause he's not, this team is not fired up. There's no urgency. I want to hear at some point this week or tomorrow that Alex core freaked out on the charter plane. He freaked out in the clubhouse. It was really intense. And if I hear a story like that, I'm going to be like, okay, good, good. He's, you know, he, he, you know, he's putting his foot down, but we're, we're not hearing that right now. Well, now you're describing a Bobby Valentine panic move. I, I don't want to see that. In fact, I want to see the opposite. I want the, this calm, collected Alex Cora that we've seen. What I, who I want the fire from is the guys on this team. I want Xander Bogarts to step up and be pissed. I want Chris Sale to step up and say, Hey, I just came back after two years of not playing. I'm dying to win. I'm here to win. Step up. Let's play and, and have something go right. This team has been so bad lately that Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe is starting to look like Dan Shaughnessy. He's complaining about how bad the team is and how they suck and how this guy can't hit. And to me, it's like it's not valid that they all suck. Right? They don't all suck. This team is good. But they're playing like they don't want to be there. Ian Brown and and Rob Bradford and I'm sure one or two others have been throwing these brutal stats out there. Just destroying the team. Red Sox stats, who has half of this podcast blocked, is is destroying the team right now. So As they should. As they should. And if you look at those stats, the people most accountable are the guys that should not be underperforming and that's the most annoying part of all this the our our big money players need to come through and this sucks that they're not especially when you have other players pulling their weight finally and it's just like at the beginning of the year we're like oh my god imagine the bottom of the lineup was hitting at the same time and now it's like come on like three four five get this crap together and we're gonna be you know they could be a wagon if everyone starts hitting at the same damn time I'm at the point where I'm hoping that that damn time is the day after tomorrow in Texas. I think we could rattle off three straight sweeps right here. Like, I, I'm not at the point where I'm pressing the this season is over button. 
because we have three against Texas. No, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. We need to win seven of nine. I've got my hand. I've got my hand over that button right now. It's if this is the button. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. I pulled up the cover, right? What one last thing? One last thing about Cora, because I just want to throw it out there. I just want to throw it out there. This year, not that good. Not that good so far. And if it ends with us winning only 82, 83 games, missing the postseason, that's not good. 2019, not good. You had most of your World Series teams still intact. Granted, some injuries happened, but we were done before those injuries happened, if we're being completely honest. And I'm talking about Chris Sale, David Price going down, you know, in late August. So two out of three seasons weren't good. Perhaps the worst thing that could have happened to him as a manager and kind of, you know, settling into a manager's role was winning a World Series his first year. Maybe maybe we're better off if he wins it in his third year. I'm just saying. I don't disagree with you, Terry. I think he, he came into his second his year. year. He, well, he, he is now. Second year. But he's managing this year like it's 2018. You know, with the aggressive resting, with the lack of urgency, I think he just I, assumes. Hold on now, though. I, he came in. He came into 2019 with this mentality that they'd already earned it. All he talked I think about the was players how they went in thing. with that. And uh, yeah, but Cora didn't lay it down. Like, no, this is day one. That's his job. It's to set expectations for this team and keep everyone on those expectations all year long. I don't think he's fallen victim to that this year. I think this year the opposite. He went on the he went on the radio and said his goal for this team is to reach the World Series. He did so say that. That should currently be the goal. So to me, Core is not the issue. He's pressing every single button he can. He just can't get them all to work at the same time. Not everyone's clicking. It can happen, and it won't be Core's fault if this team underperforms. It also I mean, won't be his success if they all of a sudden start clicking and win. How how many games do they have left? Fifty? No, not even. 44. Yeah. How many is it? Forty-four. Yeah. All right. So I if they go, so. I mean, if they go five hundred, that's ninety-four wins. I think it's thirty-seven games left, if I'm not mistaken. Actually. All right. So I'm sorry, eighteen Tara, I more wins. Series there. So that's eighty-seven. So, so this they need team, to go six hundred. Yeah, this team can win ninety-four games. Easy. Well, they, they need to win. They need to win year. seven of their next nine. Like this is yeah. it. This week, if they don't win seven games against Texas, Minnesota, and the Cleveland Guardians, then it's over. Then I, we, can, if, we can stop recording for three weeks, Terry, because this team I, is I, absolutely brutal. I don't even know if we want to save this for our you know preview section. I'm saying eight out of ten, or eight. eight you know, Cleveland has. Uh, some pitchers that for whatever reason would shut us down. And the perfect example is that is game two of the double header with Lucas heel. I mean, young pitcher, we hadn't seen much of him. I think he's only had one or two starts previous to that. Anyway, who's pitching for that one? Well, I'm just talking, I'm talking about when we get to Cleveland, that's just a team that we can drop two out of three before we know it in a series like that. But I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic, but let's, we didn't even get into, a lot of people are mentioning 
in making observations about Cora's handling of the starting pitching staff too. And I didn't have a huge problem going to Whitlock for two innings and then to Barnes. No, it was a, it was a one run That's lead. your ideal situation. Yeah. But isn't that what we, there's going to be situations where you, I mean, people could make a case for Hulk because the next three batters he was going to face were hitless against him. So, that that's where some of the criticism is coming from. And eventually you, you have to let these guys figure it out and, and you need to assist with the development for, for Heim Bloom and Alex Cora to sit at a podium at the beginning of the season and say, analytics aren't everything. And, and yet come to find out they are. I just, that drives me if nuts. I would have had an issue if Hulk looked sharp with his pitches that day. And he didn't look like he had a feel. Well, he bounced back from that second or third inning, and I... see, he didn't look like he had a feel, and he was still better than Garrett Richards. He yeah, was still better than Martin Perez, and you can hey, only hey, go hey, hey, hey. some days in a row. Damn shit, I'm gonna like Garrett Richards. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one stud, right there. if there is one stud that we can touch on this series, yeah, and since ahead. coming out of the bullpen, it's it's G Money himself. It's Garrett Richards, and honestly, I'm happy to see him succeed. Uh, you don't see guys have this kind of accountability, and I know everyone hates him, and I get it. He was your free agent pitching signing. who No one saw them banning spider attack, which they should have banned years ago. Well, he wasn't even do that. He was sunscreen rosin. Um, it, it's good to see him starting to succeed in a role that maybe he's better suited for going forward for the rest of his career. And I hope he succeeds because if he does, this is a great asset out of the bullpen because now he can pop in on the back end of the Tanner Houck series or um, appearances if this is actually not an aberration and if it's for real. Because if he can give you three or four innings. Gary Richards is the closer. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's no. the long no, guy. No, no, no. He's the long guy now. He's your long guy, and a long guy managers would dream of having if this is actually what he's going to be. Yeah, as much as I hate that guy and I hate his face especially, I have expressed optimism that that this could work for him, that type of a role. And he went four innings tonight, didn't give up a single hit. It was nice to see. And I, I mean, we all seem level-headed. We want to, we want him to stay in that role. You might see other people clamor for him to go back into the rotation, maybe even some beat writers. And I, nope. I don't want to see that <laughs> as bad as Pavetta looked tonight. I, I still don't want to see that. So um, I'll gamble on Nick any day of the week. <laughs> well, he had a couple oh, of over Richards over Richards. That is, he had two or three good starts coming into this. Including I want to that- see Connor Siebold. Well, he got shelled, didn't he, just recently? Something happened. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I don't care. I want to see him. Uh, shake something up. That That's a shake-up move. All right. Well, let's uh, – we're about at the hour mark, so let's just dive into the – oh, crap. I'm on the MLB one. Dive into the next series. So yeah. You do you got them up? I do yeah. indeed. Do you need them? Uh, well, I think I got them now, actually, unless – Unless this one has all the TBDs, which keeps happening. But nope. All right. Friday night, Dane Dunning versus Chris Sale. 
admittedly, I, I don't know much about Dunning. I don't watch a lot of Texas Rangers games. I don't remember him from the first series, but that was like in April anyway. But he's pitching to a, a 4.06 ERA, which on the Red Sox would be pretty solid. So hopefully, hopefully we show up. <laughs> win. Win. Absolutely win. Yeah. Dunning is the pitcher that's going to give Rafael Devers a get-right game if there is one. Righty versus lefty matchup should favor Devers. If the three, if the big three can't hit against Dunning, then we're in real trouble because he's actually pitching to an ERA that's far lower than his ability. Uh, he should be a four-five, four-six guy. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. We should win this game. Game two, Jordan Lyles versus Eduardo Rodriguez. I do remember the Jordan Lyles start, and I think he shut us down for about four innings, and then we kind of got to him late before he was taking, taken out in that start. He goes against Rodriguez. Win. Win. <laughs> got not much to say about these. This is going to be wins. All right. On Sunday. He's pitching to a 5-5 ERA, Terry. I mean, you can't you – can't pick him to win the game unless you're picking the season to end i in five in his last seven games with 6.8 era well i just saw andrew heaney shut us down and he's been mauled by like andrew zoo animals heaney is weirdly no. good against us yeah it's so annoying all right so i might have andrew heaney flashbacks I, I, although i think game two is probably fine dunning for some reason kind of worries me for some reason but uh, game three, Colby Allard, who I think we did uh, hit pretty hard in April, goes against Nathan Avoldi. So I'm, I'm probably going to pick Avoldi every time, even though he, he won't get the run support. But Sweep it up. He's one in five in his last seven, just like uh, last scrubber, if you got his name, and he's got a 7.12 ERA. Yeah, I'm not joking about this. I think we're going to beat the absolute crap out of them. And I my, my favorite part about this Arlington series... No, it's in it's in is, uh, Boston. Uh, even better. My favorite part about this series at home against Texas is going to be when somebody gets hit by a pitch, gets angry, maybe there's a couple of words exchanged. I don't think anyone's going to you know have a fight or anything because it's Texas and they don't, gonna, they don't want to be there. But uh, I'd like to see some heat. If Dunning comes out and he plunks Kike Hernandez on the back, I'm not going to be upset with that. <laughs> well, if we're going to have a fight, I want to bring up Franchi. Yeah, that'd be so, a good guy to throw out there. Get Khalil Mack running right out of the dugout. Yeah, Franchi's a, a rugged, rugged guy. All right, well, you know, this was kind of a scatterbrained episode, but that's going to happen on a stretch like this. It so, swept. Yeah. We, uh, we may do an episode of Deep Dives. Typically, we would record that tonight. We may record something tomorrow. So I'm not going to promise that episode or a specific format, but I, I did talk to Charlie, and we may uh, still put something together. So... Good possibility more content will be released 24 hours after this one. And then we'll definitely be back on Sunday night to talk about this Texas Rangers series, which Andrew promised to be a sweep.
Bobby Dahlbeck, two home runs, seven RBIs. Last time you said that, he had nine RBIs, so I'm holding you to that. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. But have a good weekend, everyone. Take care.